On the last episode of Kava, we were introduced to Clayton Moore. He was the very first African-American man to be hired as a police officer in Fostoria, Ohio, and he certainly hadn't asked for the attention that came with it. If there was one aspect of his job that Clayton was passionate about, it was helping people. Despite this, his long journey of enduring cruelty and accusation was about to begin. Welcome back to Kaval the Podcast. Welcome back to Kaval the Podcast. I'm Kelly Archibald, and I want to thank you for tuning in. We live in a crazy world, so we made this podcast to shine some hope into your life. Our guests have lived through some incredible things, both good and bad, and they want to share their stories with you. Listeners like you make this podcast possible. If you've been inspired or encouraged by these stories, please consider supporting us on Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information about us at kavahpodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast. That is so wonderful to think that. I think you can save the world. So I disagree. (laughs) So what, um, so what are some other things that happened on the police force? Well, um, there was, uh, after having 22 years on the department, you know, um, I served as a patrolman, um, and I was a union president of mm. patrolman. So I represented our union okay. with the uh, contract negotiations, and even with officers being disciplined. You know, I was a union rep. So, okay. uh, you know, I was um, I was in that position, and it was an honor to be voted in that position. Mm-hmm. You know, well during that time, we had um, our chief had uh, retired, resigned, mm. and so. We have a contract that we promote from within. Okay. So we take tests, and the, so we have a captain. We have two captains that, if they um, apply for it, it's called competitiveness. You have to have these two people, you know, to apply for that position. Otherwise, then it goes down to the sergeants, and they can apply for it. So, however, the mayor at that time didn't want to hire from within our department. Hmm. He wanted to go outside and bring another chief in, you know. Mm. Well, we made news. Um, it actually went to the Supreme Court. Oh, my goodness. Fi- yeah, we kept filing grievances and appeals and everything, and we win one appeal, then they come back and get overturned, then we went, then we'll appeal that, then we win, and it went back and forth and actually went to the Supreme Court. Whoa. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, they ended up winning, and they was granted the right to, hire from outside go outside and hire okay well that's where it all started okay um at that point um everybody that was responsible for filing a petition would have been the union presidents and vice presidents of both the patrol and the command so we have four people involved that was representing the department okay mm-hmm. well because our names are on the paperwork, you know, right. we, we became targets when the mayor finally got his guy in there. And so one by one, he attacked all four of the people that, you know, were union representatives, you know. Oh I guess goodness. they felt like we were the ones that, you know, we got to get rid of these people so we can 
do what we need to do mentality wow yeah and it was it was a mess and one by one um they just went through you know excuse my friends they just went through hell you know and it was you, you could see it was personal um because of the position they held and they ended up you know resigning and you know just taking early retirement whatnot and said you know forget this well I guess I was the last of the Mohegans. <laughs> so when it was my turn, I, I went through some stuff as well. But um, my mentality is that, you know, obviously I was a linebacker in college playing mm, football. Right. And if anybody knows anything about linebackers, right. they know they have that mentality, you know, we're going to rip your head off and yeah. we're going to, you know, we're the enforcers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we are not ones to be intimidated. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. So that's kind of my mentality. And so when obviously I was attacked, you know, I was when I fought back in, mm. you know. Yeah. And how yeah. did that, how did that, they respond to that? Well, <laughs> they came up with, 18 charges. Oh, oh my goodness. Me. And actually filed 16 because they felt the two were just kind of really bad, you know, that were just they couldn't prove. So um, I ended up getting terminated. Um, and the headlines are in the paper, you know, not so sweet 16, you know, charges. Uh, we were back, it was yesterday. Oh my goodness. So, yeah, so I was, I was, you know what? I couldn't say this word for a long time, Kelly, but I was fired. I couldn't say that word. I was let go. I was terminated. Right. I was released. That's what I would say. I could not say I was fired. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So here he was, a humble man who wasn't very enthusiastic about being a police officer to begin with, who simply didn't want to back down in the face of intimidation. Clayton just wanted to do the right thing, and he knew that there were young black people looking to him with hope, but his accusers were relentless. When his hometown newspaper printed lies about him on the front page, he was crushed. He had no choice but to lean into his faith and ask God to honor him in the face of this slander. And so, and (laughs) it happened right around my daughter's birthday. (laughs) So, oh, bless you. Yeah, no. um, so I, uh, you know, had my attorney, uh-huh. my union attorney, and it took us approximately uh, eight months. Uh, we ended up fighting and arbitrator ruled overwhelmingly, you know, in my favor oh, on wow. all charges. And basically, in a scathing report, and, you know, all this information is in the book, uh-huh. you know. He really rebuked the city for what they tried to do. Wow. um, That is intense. Yeah. (laughs) And that's some serious stress to be under Uh for your family, for you. And my guess is that those charges were false. All false, yes. And so that injustice is very maddening. I'm so sorry that happened. So, um, but your attorney worked through it and got all that dropped. And so what happened after that? Well, um, obviously, um, I was reinstated. Okay. 
uh, with everything given back to me. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know, um, you know so that I lost, and and so, you know, I was put in a better position. At, and I hear the funny thing is that, so when you retire, your average pension is based on your highest three years. Right. Okay. So with that, with all that back pay and everything they had to give me. That year became one of my highest years oh. and really boosted up my, you know, <laughs> retirement. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, what they do to hurt me, God's turning around and looking a blessing. Oh, my goodness. God came through in a big way and proved that he had brought Clayton through this trial so that he could honor him as only God can. Men had tried to destroy Clayton's reputation, but God redoubled it and poured out a blessing he'd planned all along. You know, so that really blew it up there. I'm like, okay, this is good. <laughs> yeah, not so bad. But it, yeah. the funny thing is when, you know, when you were going through it, you had no idea that that was going to be the end. You didn't know no. that it was going to work out that way. Wow. No. And, you know, there's significant numbers in the Bible, um, and three is one of them. Mm. Okay. Kelly, there's three things that happened to me when I was, I say it fired now. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I remember each time I had, um, I just started crying. I was just, you know, overwhelmed. I just started crying. I remember saying, God, why are you doing this to me? You know, mm. why are you, why are you putting me through this? Why? Mm. Each time, there's three times I had that moment. Each time within 30 seconds, I kid you not. Within 30 seconds, something happened. Wow. You know, after the third thing that happened, I never smiled. I just, it was like a ton of bricks was just lifted off me. And I said, okay, I get it. Mm. I was totally at peace. And I knew it wasn't about me. Wow. That God was just using me as a vessel for whatever it was. Wow. And I was at so much peace at that moment. In the midst of all that mess. Yeah, it was it was incredible. Like I said, that those three things were in the book, and we talk about that. Yeah, it's, it's just incredible. But wow. I was truly, you know, that experience. I, you know, I remember like it was yesterday. Wow, that's beautiful. So what, um, what gave you hope in all of those times? Was it that peace that you were given? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, again, my faith mm -hmm. by far. Mm -hmm. um, my support from my wife. Mm. which was uh, uh, my fiance at the time mm -hmm. was just in, incredible. Mm. And she was, she was definitely, um, you know, my, my strong support right there. And wow. I remember telling me, you did nothing wrong. Keep your head up. Mm. You know? That's and, awesome. Um, so, you know, she constantly would say that. And, and then even my, um, the friends and community, I was coaching high school football at the time. Mm. And I remember going to the head coach, Tom Grant at the time and telling him, Hey, um, I think I should resign with everything going on. I don't want to smear the program. Wow. You know? And he looked at me, and he goes, certainly not. Wow. And, you know, and I had a hard time looking at it, because I was, I was in tears at his house, because I was talking to him about it, you know? And hmm. he goes, Clayton, he goes, I know who you are, what kind of character you have, and these, these kids need you. You're oh. a good role model, and I don't know what's going on up there. I don't care about that. You know, I know who you are, oh. and we're going to support you. Okay, you are going to make me cry. That is so beautiful. <laughs> you know, and i never forget that Friday night. Um, we're on the field, warming up. 
and the athletic director comes out there, Tim Murray. And you're talking about somebody that was so supportive as well. Mm. He looked at me, he goes, no, no, he goes, look at me. He made me look it right in his eyes. Mm-hmm. He goes, Katrina, look, look at me. He goes, we got you. Wow. He goes, keep your head up. You're, you're fine. Okay. And it was just incredible. The support I had, it was just incredible, you know. And it wasn't just me. It wasn't me right. because I was weak at the time, you mm-hmm. know. Even though I had everything, I was, you know, these people carried me. Yes. Wow. That's beautiful. Um, let me ask you this. So what is your life like today? Well, I still coach high school sports. I coach girls softball. Oh, how awesome <laughs> is that? Uh, I have a travel team in the summertime. I coach. Uh, I um, um, uh, work with insurance, licensed insurance. I'm licensed in three different states, Michigan, oh, wow. Ohio, and Georgia. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, and you've written just, a book. Go ahead. And you've written a book. Is that right? I'm a recent, yeah, an <laughs> author. And yes, you know, an I author. didn't see that one coming. Right. So, what is the name of your book? The uh, name of my book is Good Cop, Black Cop, okay. Guilty Until Proven Innocent. Oh, good. Good. That's a good title. Yeah. Because that's how you were treated. That's crazy. <laughs> Um, so did you retire from the police? Yes, I retired, uh, 10 years later, just in 2018. Okay. I retired after 32 and a half years. Okay. With all your accolades and retirement, that was all in order. Yes. That's beautiful and wonderful. And so what, um, where can people find your book? Oh, they can buy it on Amazon. Okay. They can also go to the website. www.goodcopblackcop.com. Okay, awesome. Clayton stayed in law enforcement for an additional 10 years, then returned to his passion for sports and coached high school softball. After everything God did to honor him during those challenging years, Clayton reflects on what it means to honor other people. And so what would you like for people to take away from your story? Well, um, it's probably two things I, I want people to take away from is that, you know, we all have or, you know, or make mistakes in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't allow your past mm. to define who you are today wow. nor what we do tomorrow. Yeah. You know, there's people that are always going to be throwing your past in your face and say, you did this, you did this, and smile and say, yeah, you know what? You're right. Mm-hmm. I used to. Yeah. You know, and, and continue because God has a purpose for all of us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, we go through what we go through to get to where we got to go. And, it, yeah. you know, it strengthens us. It, it makes us better. So, Absolutely. and the other thing is that, you know, things um, I want to do with my book, the person my book was to help train officers mm. in law enforcement that um, prejudices and biases are real. Mm. They exist. Yes. And not only that, but, you know, it's okay. It's okay to have those prejudices and those biases. Just I, I recognize them, mm. you know, because we all have them, mm-hmm. you know, and some of them are good. Some of them keep us safe, you know, mm. and so it's okay. But to recognize them and understand that if it's okay for you to have them, then it has to be okay for others to have them. Mm-hmm. But this is where we have this respectful dialogue mm. to come together, you yes. know, and if we can have that and, um, 
I offer uh, an acronym. It's mm. called my COPE, you know, C-O-P-E. Okay. And obviously, you can't spell COPE without COP in it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it just stands for communication. You mm. know, we need to sit down and have that communication. Yes. Um, and we need to have some objectives, you know. What's your objective? What do you want to get out of this, you know? And then you need to have a plan, mm. you know. So what is the plan? But more importantly, after all that, then you have to execute it. Because mm-hmm. all that talking does nothing unless we put those words into action. Mm. You yes. know, and, and you have to engage the community. Yeah. You can't just have rules for them. You have to involve them. Right. Have someone be with you, sit down with them, and then you guys come up with the cope, you know, mm. using the cope mechanism. And that's when you start bridging the gap yeah. for that community, you know, to come together. Yeah. So um, in the climate that we have had in the last uh, several years in the United States, what does that look like for me as a citizen? What could I do to help that process? Well, there's a lot of things. Um, One, we can, you know, again, it's going to be creating a dialogue, but a, a committee more mm. of it, you know, mm-hmm. um, go to some of the minority leaders in the town mm-hmm. and say, okay, hey, let's create something that we're going to come together and work on things, mm. you know, okay, sit down and, and, you know, understand that it's okay to have different ideals, different thoughts, mm-hmm. acknowledge that and say, okay, now how can we bridge this gap? Yeah. But you got to have that respectful dialogue, that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to include people. And that's the key. Mm. You can't have 60, 70, 80 year old white men making decisions that affect 18, 19, 20 year old black men. Right. Right. That, that's not going to happen. Right. You know, that's, there's no, you know, there's no bridging there. Right. You know, so, um, and sometimes, you know, we just don't understand the situation or what we do or what we say or even the laws we make, you yeah. know. Right. But once we have that dialogue, it was like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize it was like this, or right. you know, then we have a better understanding, and now we can be proactive in right. doing things that's going to help everyone. Yes, yes. You know, I think um, one of my passions about doing this podcast is I really want people to be able to lean in and listen to someone else's perspective. So, because when you get to know somebody, you they're more than a number and they're you become um you you become care caring you know you want to help someone that you know their story and so i just i think right now we have such a a a hard time listening to one another for some reason um so i love what you're saying that model of you know communicating and really listening to people and being respectful of other people's opinions, that's rare these days. So I so appreciate what you're saying and thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Thank you. To honor is to make space for someone and to listen to them. Clayton continues to promote honor in everything he does. His softball players are making this a part of their lives at an early age. Yeah, you know, the power of creativity is incredible. Um, I stated earlier, I'm a high school softball coach. And just last week, I gave my girls a homework assignment. 
you know, <laughs> I noticed that we have a lot of freshmen on the team, and you know, and so trying to bring the team together when you have upperclassmen and you know how they treat the freshmen. Yeah, it's not always the best. Right. So I'm like, okay, um, and we have a good team, but the team you can start to see little clicks develop mm-hmm. and more groups here. I said, okay. So I started uh, making them warm up together with partners mm-hmm. that they really didn't want to be with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I made them sit on the bus with people <laughs> they really didn't want to be with. <laughs> you know, I made them throw a warm up with people they really didn't want to throw with. <laughs> okay. And the ultimate assignment was, and they had to do it, and I was just reading some of the papers last night, but they had to watch the movie, Remember the Titans. Oh, there you go. Okay. And so then, they, not only that, but they had to write a two-page report. Oh, wow. And I told them, if I don't get a report by Monday, you're not playing any games. That's simple. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know? And here's what they ended up doing, which was, I mean, my eyes were so watery when I saw the two. They watched the movie as a team. Oh. <gasps> Oh, wow. You know, and the reports, I, I'm i going to keep them. And, you know, it's just incredible. I have my wife read them. They're oh. just so incredible, what they got out. And um, we are the Titans in our yeah. league. You know, we are the only diverse team in our league. Wow. You know, we are the only team with the minority, you know, is, uh, coaches, staff. And, and so we are the Titans. And that, that's wow. what they even brought out, you know. And just the talk about family and being together and how if we work together we can accomplish things but yeah. if we just do our own thing you know we're gonna lose you know and you just had to hear them talk because I, I wanted all of them to talk about you know what this what they saw what it meant to them yeah. as well as reading your reports it was just incredible it was uh, so incredible that is incredible and you are changing the world <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is incredible. I I love that. Absolutely love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I mm-hmm. I am so touched by it and cannot wait for people to hear it. Um, and so people can find your book. Good Cop, Black Cop, Guilty Until Proven Innocent. Yes. They can buy it on Amazon. Okay. Or they can also go to the website, okay. www.goodcopblackcop.com. Well, thank you. And I appreciate you for having me. Thank Kelly, you. Kelly, means the world to me. We need more heroes like Clayton Moore. Hi-ho, Silver, away. Thanks again for listening to Kaval the Podcast. It's our joy to share these stories of hope in a confusing world. To keep up with our guests and adventures in podcasting, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We would also love it if you gave us a review on whatever podcasting platform you use. It helps us continue to share hope around the world. We are so grateful for our listeners who financially support Kava the Podcast. If you would like to become a supporter, please consider donating via Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information at kavapodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. I would like to thank my head writer, Rebecca Gray, and audio engineer, Meredith Douglas. I could not do this without you. You make this happen, and I can't express my gratitude. Maybe you've been listening because you found yourself in a desperate place. We want you to know that all is not lost. It is our desire that you would be able to borrow hope from those who've gone before you, those who've waited, 
to find a positive outcome. Please be sure and connect with us via our website or social media. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.